Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Welcome today. We are continuing our study in the uh, epistle of Paul to the Galatians. You know, and, and, it, and it's interesting. Have you enjoyed the sermon series so far? I mean, you, you'll see today especially that Paul is just getting started. He has long introductions to his letters. But, you know, this letter to the Galatians, it's so critical for Paul to be able to talk about the truth of the gospel. If you remember the sermon series, we started off by talking about the gospel itself that we said the gospel is the good news. That word in Greek, evangelon, is actually good news. That's why we call evangelists. Evangelists are those that share the good news. And actually, for gospel to be good news, we need to be telling people about the gospel. And then last week, we specifically talked about the truth of the gospel because Paul said it's important to understand the truth of the gospel, not to add anything to it or take anything away from it, to just understand the the truth of the gospel. And Paul always tells us the truth. Anytime he starts talking about the gospel, he tells us the gospel. He tells us that God can restore us. Uh, to, God restores us through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, through his resurrection, through his ascension, that all of our sins can be forgiven by belief in, in Jesus Christ. And remember, this truth has been revealed to Paul. It's been revealed to Paul. Today, our message is defending the truth. Defending the truth will be in chapter 2. Um, and again, you'll see that Paul is still just getting started in this introduction. But it's important for Paul to tell us this, because remember, the, this truth was revealed to Paul. He was Saul. Saul the Pharisee. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Saul the Pharisee. And on the road to Damascus, he had letters in his hand. He was ready to arrest the Jews that believed in Jesus of Nazareth to think that he could actually be the Messiah. The Pharisees knew better than that. He couldn't possibly be the, the Messiah because he didn't do all the things that they wanted him to do. So he was ready to arrest them, but God met him on the road to Damascus. He revealed the truth to Paul, you're going to see that's a word we're going to use a lot today, that he revealed the truth to Paul. He met on the road with a, with a bright light. Uh, the light came from heaven. A voice from heaven said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And that started Saul's journey into becoming the, the apostle Paul. Uh, but God revealed, the, revealed the, the truth to him. Uh, and this is how God reveals the truth often to us as well. We know that it happened as well to, to Peter. And we'll be talking about how God reveals the truth. Today, we'll continue to talk about this truth. Our, our, our topic, again, is defending the truth. And uh, you can follow along with the scripture today in your bulletin or watch it on the screen. We're going to start off in verse 11. Verse 11 of chapter 2. It reads, Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed for before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision, meaning the Jews. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward 
about the truth of the gospel. That's last week's sermon. I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as a Jew, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature, not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ, even we who have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. You know, so this is a change, isn't it, from last week? It's, it's a complete change, but Paul, remember, is just getting started. Just a few verses back, the subject matter was the same, but the conversation was different. If you remember last week, verse 9, it says, Paul wrote, he said, in fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known to be pillars of the church, recognized, they recognized the gift that God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. But like I said, Paul is just getting started. He, you know, he started this off by saying, he's saying, that he was shocked. Remember, Paul said that he was shocked that they were turning away so soon from God who had called them through the loving mercy of, of Christ. Paul had taught these Gentiles, these Gentile believers in Galatia, the truth of the gospel, that it was through faith in Jesus Christ. It wasn't about keeping the law, but they were turning to a different gospel. And he said, it's no gospel at all. In fact, I, even if an angel came down from heaven, they should be accursed because there's no other gospel than the gospel that I gave you. This story that Paul is telling is when Peter traveled to, to Antioch. We can read about it in the Acts, of the, Epist the Acts of the Apostles, where Paul had been teaching and preaching to the both Jews and the Gentiles. So before we go on, let's just pause for a moment and think about it, that this is Peter and Paul. Both of them are apostles, men of, of renown. They both wrote epistles that are included in the Bible that you carry. They're both men of faith. They both wrote letters, epistles to us so that we could read them. But Paul is writing and calling Peter that he was blamed. So what's going on here? Well, there's a disagreement and there's a disagreement between two men. And when there's a disagreement between two people, there's a couple of things we can assume. One is that one of them is wrong. Uh, the other one could be right or both of them could be wrong, but somebody is wrong. And these are two apostles. How could one of the apostles be wrong? But what a lesson for us. You see, this is the thing that God will inspire men to be able to write the gospels that we have, the epistles that we have. They were inspired by God, but they were fallible men. No man is infallible. No man is infallible, okay? People will make mistakes. We all make mistakes because we're fallible. But there is a time when God will give us revelation, when we will be inspired to be able to speak the truth. And this is, this is why Peter and Paul can disagree and at the same time both be, both be apostles. So what's Paul's purpose? What's Paul's purpose in introducing this? Is he one-upping the apostle Peter? Is he saying, I'm actually better than him because he was wrong? That's not what, what, Peter, what Paul is trying to do. Paul is not trying to show that one is better than the other. Not at all. He's saying that what happened in Antioch is exactly relevant to the letter that he was writing to the Galatians and the message we have today. That there's a truth of the gospel. We have to be very careful with the truth of the gospel because 
sometimes we can pervert the truth. Sometimes we can add things to the truth that actually detracts from the truth of the gospel. So again, my message today is defending the truth. And you'll see today that we've broken it up into three parts. We have an alliteration. Pastors do that all the time. I use one letter. It's the letter R. And we have three points to it. It's in your bulletin. And I'll put it up on the slide. Defending the truth has three parts. One is revealing. Second is recounting. And the third is restoring. You'll see that all three are very important and understanding how we defend the truth. And of course, we're going to start with revealing the truth. By revealed, I mean to say that the understanding of the work of God through the agency of the Holy Spirit is revealed to us. Paul wrote about this very clearly in his epistle to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, Paul says this. He says, But as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed, there's that word, God has revealed them to who? To us. God's revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. You know, now this not only applies to the apostles, like Paul, who was blinded by the light and heard the voice from the, from the sky, or Peter. Remember Peter who saw a vision? Remember that? Peter sees a vision. This is in Acts chapter 10, a vision of a sheet coming down from heaven. It's actually told three times. You know, if, if something is told once in the Gospels, once in the Epistles, once in the Bible, it's important. It's, it's told three times. And Peter says that he had the vision three times as well. So this is an important vision to Peter. And it, it talks about the revelation that God made through the Spirit of God to Peter to understand how the Gentiles could be accepted. We can find actually many instances in the New Testament of how God reveals the, the truth of the gospel to man, to both men and women. Uh, and the, the reason, by the way, the reason you're here today is because God has revealed the truth of the gospel to you or is in the process of revealing the truth of the gospel to you. You know, after, after today, I'll, I'll take this, this, this sermon that I do, this message I do today, and we'll put it on YouTube. And the people that are watching on YouTube, isn't that something people actually watch this on YouTube? God is revealing the truth to them as well. Or if you listen to the podcast, God is revealing the truth to them as well. That's how God does things. It's through the agency of the Holy Spirit. If there's, so let's, let's do this. Let's, before we fully understand the story of, of Revelation, and I want to talk a little bit about how Peter had this sheet come down from heaven. Remember the story? Peter sees this sheet coming down from heaven, and there's all kinds of four-footed animals on it and all kinds of things that are non-kosher. And God, uh, the Spirit of God uh, speaks to Peter and says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Okay, the idea that he can eat these non-kosher things. And Peter says, no way, Lord, I've never done that, okay? And Peter hears the vision three times. So the Acts of the Apostles tells us this story, and it's a lengthy, lengthy story, so I'm not going to repeat the whole story to you, just the highlights of it. So, for example, in, uh, in chapter 10, we pick up the story with a man, uh, a, 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 a Gentile, 
in Caesarea, and he's actually a centurion. This is what the epistle says, or Acts of the Apostle says. It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms, meaning he's giving to charity. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? The story continues. And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when this angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who walked, waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to him, he sent them to Joppa. So meanwhile, the story continues in, in Acts 10. And, and uh, if, if you get a chance, when you get back to your apartment, open up your Bibles and read the entire story. It's a, it's a very interesting story, especially when you consider how the truth is being revealed to man by the Holy Spirit. And the story continues. It's the next day because Joppa and Caesarea are, are quite a ways away. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite, a, quite a journey. And, and Peter goes up to the rooftop to pray. And this is where he has this vision of the sheep coming down from heaven. Okay? And while he's still pondering exactly what the vision meets, okay, all of a sudden there's a knock at the door. There's a knock at the door, and it's the men from Cornelius. They find Simon the Tanner, okay? And they find Simon Peter. They find where he's lodging. And they tell him the story of how their master had this vision of an angel. And that Simon Peter was to come with them and explain the vision uh, that Cornelius had. So Simon Peter gets up and travels another day all the way to, to, uh, uh, to see Cornelius. Takes him a whole day to get there. And when he gets there, Cornelius has already invited a number of people into the house. So the house is full of all kinds of Gentiles. And Peter has a few of his Jewish companions with him. And they go into the house, which in itself is amazing because the Jews don't usually go into the house of a Gentile. But let me pick up where the story continues. And you'll see how, again, God is revealing this to not only Cornelius, but also to Peter. It says, verse uh, 44, it says, And while Peter was speaking, he was still giving them the gospel. While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, meaning those of the Jews, who believed were astonished, as many as were with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forget, forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to stay a few days. So what do we see here? Well, we see a couple of very important things. The first, to my point, the Holy Spirit is revealing the truth of the gospel. It's being revealed not only to Peter, but also to Cornelius, a Gentile and a Roman centurion, and all of his Gentile friends. They're all finding out what the truth of the gospel is. And then the Holy Spirit is being poured out as well, another revelation from God, 
that God is accepting them just as they are. You see, this is the understanding that Peter wants to, or Paul wants to make sure that these, these Galatians understand, that God loves them just as they are, that the gospel alone is what saves. The gospel alone is what forgives their sins. The gospel alone is all that's needed. So when Peter decides to act like a Jew and only associate with Jews, he's adding something to the gospel. He's separating himself. In essence, saying that if you really want to be good, you've got to be more like us. So this is the defense of the truth. And the defense of the truth always starts with this idea of the revelation. And Jesus also spoke of this, that this, this gospel is revealed to you. This might be a surprise for some of you. Some of you thought you were so clever that you found God. <laughs> Not necessarily, okay? You might have been looking for God, okay? But God revealed himself to you. That's the reason you're here today. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, he's praying, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Babes, that's us, the babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal. There's that word, reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, notice this comment that it says, that Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden light. This is not just, oh, by the way, this is the heart of the gospel. The idea is this, is that the Jewish people had been fouling not only the Ten Commandments, but 613 laws. 613 laws called the mitvah. It was basically a compilation of sorts a compilation of all the things that God told the Jewish people to do in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. The, the wise Pharisees had gotten together and come up with these 613 laws. Well, that is not easy. That yoke is not light, okay? That's a heavy burden. And let me tell you, my friends, every single religion in this world, the burden is heavy. The yoke is not light. It's a hard burden to carry. That's what makes the truth of the gospel so amazing. That it's not about what you do, it's what God has already done through Jesus Christ. This is what Peter clearly understood because of the revelation that he had. See, Peter knew this. Peter had known this, but when the Jewish people came, his culture and his custom made him do things that he was accustomed to, and he separated himself from his Gentiles. Paul, Peter confronts Paul, I'm sorry, Paul confronts Peter based first on their shared revelation. They both had a revelation from God. They knew the truth of the gospel. This is no longer about the Jews, but it's now about the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. That's where sins are actually forgiven. Jesus paid, for the, price, paid the price for sin and for all mankind. This was a shared revelation they had. So, now we go to the second step. The first step was revealing. The second step is recounting. Recounting the truth. This is why Paul is recounting this, this event that happened. He's telling the Galatians, this was a story. I want to make sure that you understand that I did this, that this actually happened, that Peter and Paul had this disagreement. And the disagreement was about the truth of the gospel that I've 
presented to you. This was not an inconsequential disagreement, by the way. It was central. It's truly central to the chief article of the Christian religion, the truth of the gospel. Paul knew that he needed to show Peter that Peter was acting contrary to what God had revealed to him. Peter would cozy up to Paul and to the Gentiles as long as the Jews weren't there. But when James sent the rest of the delegation from Jerusalem, these rest of the Jewish people came back to, to, uh, to meet with Peter, Peter decided to act more like a Jew than he did a Christian. Not a Gentile, but than he was a Christian. Paul's point of contention was that when some of the Jews showed up, Peter fell back into the culture. And let me tell you, my friends, this happens to us often. So often to us, we understand the truth of the gospel, but our culture tells us something that is contrary. Our culture leads us away from the truth of the gospel. We start believing that it's because of our baptism or because of our church attendance or because of our giving to the church or because of our good works that somehow God thinks something better of us than anybody else. But God loves you just the way you are. And you came to Christ the same way that everybody else came to Christ, as a sinner, as a sinner. So Paul recounts this truth to Peter. In verse 14, Paul says to Peter, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as Jews? Now, Paul said this to Peter to his face, and I love that. You know, it's so much better if you have a disagreement with somebody, if you need to recount the truth to them, as, as Paul is doing, to do it to their face. Don't do it behind their back. Don't write a letter to them. Don't have somebody else tell them. Tell it to their face. Paul said, I did not speak evil to Peter behind his back, but I withstood him frankly and openly. That's another translation of the same verse. So, my friends, we have the same opportunity. We have the same opportunity sometimes to recount the truth of the gospel to our friends when all of a sudden the culture is dragging them away. I remember very, very well, this it really wasn't the gospel, but it was the truth of what I believed. I, I was, this was years ago. I was in New York. I was in an elevator in New York, and there was an African-American, a very tall, young man, very good-looking man, was on the elevator with us, and as he got off, one of the people on the elevator that I knew wasn't necessarily a good friend, but one of the people I knew made a racist, racist remark. And I wish I would have been the one to say something. I wasn't. I was thinking it, but I didn't say it because a friend of mine all of a sudden said, what did you just say? This is not the 1960s, my friend. This is not Montgomery, Alabama anymore, okay? We don't talk like that. He's a man just like you. In fact, quite frankly, he's better than you. I love that, okay? He's better than you. See, they're recounting the truth. We're not supposed to have that separation. Now, that wasn't the actual gospel, but I loved the attitude of that young man on being able to say, that's not how we talk. This is not the 1960s. This is not Montgomery, Alabama. This is New York City. We're going to be a little different. Let's go on to our, our third point. Our third point is restoring. Remember, the purpose always in the defense of the gospel is to restore. Restore. Notice that Paul not only confronts Peter on how he withdrew from the Gentiles, but Paul also is not accusing Peter of being evil. He's not accusing him of losing his faith. He's not accusing him of not understanding the gospel. He's pointing out the inconsistency in his actions. 
Paul is, in, Paul is uh, encouraging Peter to understand that Peter's endangering the principles of Christian liberty, of understanding who the Gentiles are and how they're saved. Paul alone stood up for the truth. Did you notice that back in verse 13, he mentioned that Barnabas. <laughs> Barnabas, by the way, the, the, the Bible tells us, is a name that was given to this young man, this, this, this friend of Paul's, by the other apostles. It means son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. That's, that's, what, that's what Barnabas means. And Paul, Barnabas was not being an encourager. He was being led away. He also was acting the hypocrite. But the third point here of re restoration is critical. Because restoration is exactly what Jesus accomplished on the cross. That was the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth, was to restore us again to, to, uh, to God. So let's go on. Galatians chapter 6 begins with these words of Paul. Paul says this. He says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, meaning that God has revealed the truth to you, if God has revealed the truth to you, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Notice how it says, do this in a spirit of gentleness. Gentleness. Gentleness is the heart of the spirit of humility. Did you know that? Gentleness is being humble. It's understanding that I don't have to use my bravado. I don't have to use a loud voice. I don't have to be slanderous. I don't have to call a person evil. I just need to restore a person in a spirit uh, of gentleness. You know, there's a, there's a saying. It's not scripture. But I actually had this saying taped to my wall at one time. And it was, there but by the grace of God go I. You know that saying? There but by the grace of God go I. There's so many times that I see something happen and say, oh my goodness, that could have been me. That's, that's a slip and fall that I could have easily occurred to myself. That's, that's something that easily could have happened to me. There but by the grace of God go I. Paul knew that he was an apostle, that God had revealed the, the truth of the gospel to him. But Paul knew that he was a, a man, prone to sin, prone to do the things that he actually willed not to do. Paul talks about that. That what I will to do, I do not do. That what I will not to do, that I do. Paul, that's Paul. Paul, in the spirit of humility, understood that there but by the grace of God go I. Peter and Paul, however, reconciled. We find out a few chapters later that after Peter and Paul are in Antioch, this is in the, in the Acts of the Apostle, and likely a few years later that Paul again returns to Jerusalem, again with Barnabas. And it was Peter, Peter and James, the, the brother of the Lord, that basically said, we don't find any fault in their ministry. We want to encourage them to continue doing exactly as they're doing with the Gentiles. Just remember the poor. Just remember the poor. So this was, this was a restoration between Peter and Paul. Peter, by the way, later in 2 Peter, calls the words of Paul scripture. They're scripture. They're inspired by God. This is the restoration that Peter and Paul had because, again, they had a disagreement on the culture that was encroaching on the truth of the gospel. But the attitude was always to restore Paul provides the full way that we are all restored. Our message today ends with the final verse on verse 16. It's in your bulletin, and it's also on the screen. 
Paul says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we who have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. Notice how Paul always goes back to the truth of the gospel. The reason for the restoration, the reason for the defense is he's going to bring up the truth of the gospel. This is the truth of the gospel. This is how we defend the truth. We understand that the truth has been revealed to us, even now, even we who believe in Christ Jesus, we know that we are justified by faith and not by works. Now, we can retell this story often. It's not by the works of the law that we're justified, but by, by faith. So remember, friends, when you're defending the truth, and we are all called to defend the truth, when we defend the truth, when you're sharing the gospel, our purpose is to reconcile, to restore, which is the truth of the gospel, that God, God was restoring humanity back to God through Jesus Christ. We restore in a spirit of gentleness. Jesus said that he was gentle and lowly, that his burden was light. Let's not make the burden of the gospel in defending the truth of the gospel any heavier than Jesus makes it. Amen? You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.